We're back. Did you miss us? This is Mike Lerseth, Assistant Sports Editor with the San Francisco Chronicle, and this is a combo episode of our NFL podcast, The Niners Notebook and the Raiders Wrap. Joining us will be staff writers Eric Branch on the 49ers and Matt Kawahara with the Raiders. Among other things we will talk about will be the misery for the red and gold and the silver and black. Two wins does not a pretty season make. Is there any reason to think either of these teams is going to get better in the final month and a half of the season? What, if anything, do they have to be thankful for? What about that Monday night game? Was that a Super Bowl preview we were watching? And what might the Raiders and Niners be lined up to do in the draft next spring? Please come back. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Eric Branch and Matt Karahara, our NFL beat writers, and we're uh, going to discuss the season uh, to date. Uh, since last we spoke, the win totals for both the Niners and the Raiders have doubled. That would seem to be a very good thing, but it meant they went from one to two. Uh, the Niners' second win, of course, came at the expense of the Raiders. The Raiders' second win came against the Cardinals, whose only two wins this season have come against the 49ers. So it ain't pretty. We'll start with you, Eric. Any reason to think, like last year at the end of the season, that this is going to get better? Well, the bar being so low is a good place to start. Um, obviously, and I would say the last six games, only four of the teams that are going to play currently have a winning record. Now, in that, there are two games against the Seahawks, five and five, and I think better than a lot of people expected. And the Niners have shown they can they can lose to anyone. Uh, they're the only team to lose to the two and eight Cardinals this year. So there's no way they're going to generate the type of momentum heading into the offseason they did last year. Uh, that was so unique um, because they discovered a franchise quarterback, and that that provided the franchise with, with just so much hope and energy. Um, and so you know you know the continued progress of their first round pick Mike McGlinchey uh, and other young players are things to monitor. Um, but, you know, I think uh, it's going to be kind of a, a bleak outlook as they head into the offseason and then can start to you know, improve this roster. So there's no Garoppolo out there this year, <laughs> huh? No, Nick Mullins is a, Nick Mullins is a <laughs> nice story, but I don't think he's challenging to unseat Garoppolo. Oh, all right. How about you? Uh, how about you, Matt? What uh, what do we got over there in Gruden land? The uh, two and eight, uh, I would imagine, is about the – Maybe two percent of the fans in the Bay Area thought they'd be two and eight, and I would wager that those two uh, percent were probably 49er fans. So, uh, how, how's it shaking over there? Well, Eric said that the 49ers have shown that they could lose to anyone, and then they went out and beat the Raiders 34 to three. So that's doesn't <laughs> doesn't speak very doesn't speak very highly of uh, of the current state of the Raiders. Although they are coming off their second win of the season, and there were. I mean, there were a few signs of improvement. The running game got going a little bit, albeit against the one of the worst running defenses in the league in the Cardinals. The defense looks a little better, albeit against the worst offense in the league in the Cardinals. So, I mean, it's not uh, to get again to echo what Eric was saying. It's it's not pretty, um, but again, it doesn't it doesn't exactly behoove the Raiders to to stage this great turnaround in the second half. And they do have two games against the Chiefs still to go, which. <laughs> That doesn't seem like a favorable matchup for them, um, even though they will be playing one of those in Week 17 when presumably Kansas City might be resting a few guys. But um, 
but yeah, it's, it's going to be, I think about developing some of the young guys that they have and uh, just sort of inching forward for the, for the last six games here. Well, let's, uh, let's go with, since uh, this is the week of Thanksgiving, let's go with the, uh, the plate is half full with Turkey and stuffing approach. Um, uh, what do the teams have to be thankful for, aside from the fact that there are only six games left in the regular season? Uh, Eric, start with you. What uh, what might uh, might Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch say? Thank you. I'm glad this is going right down there in Santa Clara. Um, can I have another question? No. Uh, <laughs> you are... take a pass. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few things. I mean, the Niners, uh, despite the record, do have uh, have had a very strong running game, uh, and that's with you know, Matt Breida, who, who was expected to be, um, you know, their, their second stringer. Uh, but, you know, he's been pressed into the lead role, um, you know, since Jarek McKinnon. And, and really the story isn't so much about Breida. I think it's just about the offensive line. But, you know, they, they've they had some pleasant surprises. Uh, Mike Person, uh, the right guard, uh, he's out of the season. Lakin Tomlinson's been pretty good. Uh, Joe Staley, so on and on, you know, that that's, you know, a key part, you know, cliche, you got to win in the trenches. And the 49ers, um, you know, Staley's the only guy who's, you know, probably only has a couple of years left, uh, but they're largely young on the offensive line um, and pretty good. So that bodes well. Um, and then uh, I'm going to turn it over to Matt. Uh, that's my bright spot. <laughs> there you go. Matt, what uh, what what shining stars are there in uh, in Oakland that people can uh, be thankful for? Yeah, you have to get pretty granular, I think, when you're looking at the Raiders, uh, looking for things to be thankful for. But um, I would guess that they would point first toward uh, some of the rookies that have played uh, significant snaps this season. That Mo Hurst, uh, their first their fifth round pick, uh, the defensive tackle out of Michigan, has been a real bright spot on the defensive line. Um, Arden Key, the defensive end that they drafted, has shown some uh, some flashes. Um, they've mixed in receivers, or I'm sorry, they've mixed in rookies on on the um, on the offensive line. Uh, all three of their specialists are rookies, and this hasn't necessarily led to a lot of success. And you know, so a lot of these rookies have gone through struggles. I mean, Colton Miller, their first round pick, uh, the left tackle, has played through a knee injury for a significant amount of the season. And he, I think, going into last game, had given up the most sacks and pressures of any offensive lineman in the NFL. So he's really sort of taking his lumps uh, in his rookie season. But I think if you're going with the plate half full look, you would say that these these rookies are going through this this rough first season and they're going to come out of it maybe a little bit steeled, a little bit more experienced and, and ready to sort of build on that. Um, I think that's what they're hoping if you're looking for that uh, that optimistic point of view. All right. Well, we have we have doorbells. We have people. We have guests just clamoring to get in to listen to this today. Outstanding. Uh, if it's an Amazon package for me, I'll pick it up later, Eric. All right. Thank you. No, it's just a twelve-year-old daughter. You can't have her. Uh, okay. Just... All right. Hi. Okay. All right. She she's got a no trade clause. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Very good. Hey, uh, along the the Thanksgiving theme, um, I got to imagine there's a, an awful lot of folks sitting in the. Uh, NFL headquarters uh, today, we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, thanking God for the Monday night game. Uh, that game was as hyped as any uh, game has been in the last several years. It was actually moved from Mexico City because of poorer field conditions to L.A. You kind of wondered, is it going to live up to it? And I'd say uh, it, it not only lived up to it, but it exceeded 
expectations. I believe I heard it was the highest scoring Monday night game in the history of Monday night football, 700 some odd games. I'm wondering, each of you get a chance to see those two teams uh, twice each because they're in the Niners and Raiders divisions. Uh, Matt, I'll, I'll start with you this time. Uh, looking at the Chiefs, uh, do they look like the favorite in the in the AFC? Is this uh, a team that's going to blow its way into the Super Bowl? I mean, it's hard to to watch that offense operate and not think that it's it, one of the highest powered, if not uh, the highest powered in, in the AFC. But then also you look at the outcome of the game and they, they lost. I mean, the, the defense um, was, you know, they're playing the Rams, which is obviously another higher powered offense, but um, that's, you know, where they're going to have to shore some things up. But um, they, we haven't actually seen them in person yet. Cause like I said, both of the Raiders games against the chiefs are in December. So we'll probably have a better, uh, you know, a, a better in-person look at them then. But uh, it, it's, Mahomes has been just, you know, pretty much the throws that he makes and everything that he creates on the field is pretty much uh, more than lived up to whatever expectations there were about him. So it's going to be interesting to see how they, they play out the rest of the year. But yeah, they look pretty good. Uh, over to you, Eric, with the uh, the Rams. You know, I, I was surprised. Uh, with uh, L.A., they, they got off to such a great start and I believe went, went into New Orleans, right? And then the Saints and, and Drew Brees uh, took care of them. That, that was a, a, a pretty damn impressive bounce back for them. Um, same question for you then. Are, are they uh, the overwhelming favorite in the NFC or is it going to come down to them and, uh, and New Orleans and Mr. Brees having something to say about it? Yeah, I think certainly those two teams. Um, you know, I, I want the Super Bowl to have the, uh, the Chiefs, the Rams, and the Saints. I, I think that <laughs> might um, be difficult to do, uh, but maybe just a rule change. We get those three in there. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, from from a fifty-four fifty-one game, uh, obviously the Rams gave up uh, obscene amount of, uh, of points and yards and first downs, etc. But one of the big reasons they won that game is because of big defensive plays. And it was all about pressure on Mahomes. And, uh, you know, that's just something the Niners do not have. They have uh, no pass rush and, and no ability uh, to create those type of big plays. They have five takeaways this season, um, which is the lowest in the NFL. So they, they have five, five takeaways this season. And last night, if I remember right, there were three defensive touchdowns. Is that right? In that one game, correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me let me let me ask you this, Eric. Uh, I, I'm going and this is kind of a leading question for both of you. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Six games left, Eric. Uh, at Tampa, at Seattle, Denver, Seattle, Chicago, three in a row at home at the Rams. Out of those six games, how many do they win? They're going to win two. Uh, they're going to beat Tampa Bay, um, which has the most turnovers in the NFL. And then when the Rams rest their starters in Week 17, I think they can beat the Rams second stringers. So they'll finish uh, four and twelve. So we're looking at four and twelve. All right, uh, Matt. Same question for you. The uh, Raiders close uh, at Baltimore, uh, Kansas City, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, Denver at home, and then close at the Chiefs. Uh, same thing for you. How many of those six did the Raiders win? I would say one, possibly two. Two would be the outset, and two would be, again, if the Chiefs do rest a lot of players in Week 17 and the Raiders can get in there. I think maybe they could go in and maybe play the Bengals pretty well. There's a good amount of familiarity there on the Raiders' side just with uh, Paul Gunther having come over um, from being their defensive coordinator last season. Um, Maybe there's a little measure of division rivalry on on 
Christmas Eve against the Broncos. I, I would say that they probably secure one more win. And maybe if that Chiefs game uh, is you know not at full strength there in Week 17, maybe they could uh, sneak away with that one too. But might not, might not. All right. So if they get one, they finish at 3-13. and 13. Uh, The leading question aspect of this was I want to close out by talking about the draft. Right now, uh, as I see it, the Niners are the number one pick. Arizona would be two and the Raiders would be three, but if the Niners uh, uh, live up to Eric's expectations and get four wins and the Raiders only get the one, so the Raiders could have the one or the two, uh, which is, you know, I guess it's a bright spot for your uh, for your fan base. It gets you a little excited. It gets the, uh, your draft pick a little bit more, uh, more on-camera time uh, next year when the draft is held. But the, the bizarro thing with the Raiders draft is – the, and I know it's been hanging over the team all year, is the Khalil Mack trade. And every time the Bears do something good, a.k.a. go out and win a game like they did Sunday night, that trade value diminishes. It's looking worse and worse every week. Is Am I right on that? Yeah, and that was the built-in sort of um, part of that that trade is those, those picks, uh, which are going to be determined by the draft order. I mean, by trading Mack to the to the Bears, I mean he'll influence whatever uh, whatever position those picks end up uh, being. And the same is true for Amari Cooper. I mean Cooper went over to Dallas, and um, if you know if Cooper goes off over the next six weeks, maybe that bumps the pick that the Raiders got back from the Cowboys down a little bit um, next year. So there there's a lot to be determined still um, where exactly those picks are going to land, along with you know, the Raiders' own, which will be. If they end up in a tie, it'll be determined by strength of schedule. Um, but yeah, they, there's a lot of moving pieces still left to see where they're going to be picking. Yeah, right now as I'm, I'm looking at this list that I, uh, I printed out before I came down here, um, it looks like the Dallas pick that would be Oakland's would be number 17, and the Chicago pick, which I believe might have been in the mid-teens or even a little higher uh, at the beginning of the year, is now the number 26 pick. So that. Which is pretty funny because when they made that deal, uh, the, the explanation that I think Gruden it was gave was, yeah, we thought it was either Gruden or, or McKenzie came out and said, yeah, we thought the this was the best deal because trading with the Bears was going to give us the best uh, positioning for these picks for the next two years, which clearly has not <laughs> turned out to be Everything the they've touched has turned to coal this year, it seems like. Um, Eric, I'll, I'll close out with you. Uh, Niners pick, they're pretty much, a, I would imagine, barring a, a – a Garoppolo-esque turnaround locked into that first one, two, three spot. Uh, you're the GM next year. You have the first, second, or third pick. Uh, what are you looking at? What position are you looking at? Uh, pass rusher, pass rusher, pass rusher. Uh, you know, and they can, depending on uh, you know, if a lot of quarterbacks are are viewed as number one, number two, number three picks. You know, it, it would also behoove them um, to be able to trade down, accumulate uh, a few more picks. This is supposed to be a very good draft for edge rushers. Um, so even if they don't get, I think Nick Bosa at this point is viewed as the top edge rusher. Um, even if, if they were to uh, drop down, I think they could still get um, a very highly rated uh, edge rusher, which they just have to do. I, I mean, it you never know, but it just seems like um, it's hard to get those guys uh, in the offseason and free agency. Just because if you have a decent pass rusher, teams usually find a way to, you know, put the franchise tag on them or sign them for an extension. So they could get, you know, a veteran uh, pass rusher to slip through the cracks. Um, but even if they do, uh, I think they still have to address it with the first pick of the draft as well. 
Okay, great. On that note, I'll bring this uh, episode to an end. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. I'd like to thank Eric Branch and Matt Kawahara for their time, to King Kaufman for producing, and to all of you for listening. For more 49ers and Raiders coverage, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, at Eric Branch, at Matthew Kawahara, and at Mike Lerseth. And check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com. If you have some time, drop us a line. Let us know how you think we're doing. Uh, I hope everybody out there has a safe uh, and happy and fulfilling Thanksgiving. It's easy for me to say. And until next time, we'll talk later. Take care. Bye-bye.